Welcome back to the Decoy Dogger podcast. This is your host, Homer Janes. Today, we are going to visit with Al Morris uh, with uh, Fox Pro. Uh, he runs some decoy dogs. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen his videos and his dogs. Uh, have a great conversation. He has some very good training tips. So uh, stay tuned. Coyote coming in. Al Morris, appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Hey, uh, so we're talking about decoy dogging, and I know you do a little decoy dogging. And uh, so tell tell us a little bit about your background in coyote hunting and how you got into decoy dogs. Well, um, we started, you know, the world championship in 1997, and uh, me and Garvin Young, that was the first year we entered and we won it. Yeah. And uh, right you there, you should have just quit. Uh, Ended on top, right, and then never, never be beaten. Well, we should have quit <laughs> after that first year. We'd have been money ahead. <laughs> but then but, you won a few more years, so it's all right. But, but, no, we told I told Garvin we'll win this thing every year because it really was. <laughs> it was a series of events that took place. It was a really rough year as far as weather, uh-huh. and we just had a window with a bunch of coyotes in between some weather and. We killed nine coyotes by noon the first day and, and killed two more for 11 the first day. And then, man, the weather really came in and shut everybody down the second day. And we managed to kill two more, even in the really bad weather, for 13 coyotes. And we won the world championship. Yeah, that's probably a, the lowest number in a long, long time for a world championship. At yeah, in 1997, it was yeah. – uh, 13 coyotes won, and the closest team to us had seven. Oh, geez. And they killed five of their coyotes on the day two. Oh, really? So wow. they found a pocket of coyotes with uh, mediocre weather, and they killed five, and, and they took second with seven. But I told Garvin, I said, we'll win this thing every year now that we've learned how to locate <laughs> coyotes and find coyotes. And it took us 11 years uh-huh. to win in 2007. Then we back-to-back that in 2008 to become the only – uh, three-time world champs alive and then in 2016 i was 50 years old me and garvin did it again won nice. our fourth nice and and we lost the world championship by 10 minutes one year 13 coyotes won it that year we had 13 we were 10 minutes behind the other team that won oh wow and uh another year i missed a coyote on the second to last stand well i didn't miss him i shot him three covered him up three times with a shotgun and that's when i realized that we needed a better shotgun load and yeah anyway there's just been a series we should have four or five more world championships me and Garb, but we're we're happy with the four and now of course that was bill countess rules and and uh now they've got a different set of rules and it's not the same it's more of a participation medal and yeah. me and garvin uh the guy that runs the world now said he didn't want me and garvin there and, and uh so i won't participate in anything to do with the world championship okay. now and it's more <laughs> morphed into what it has and it's stupid and it is what it is but anyway <laughs> and that's a different topic we can go into <laughs> yeah no we can go into a whole different conversation but anyway the decoy dog and started um in you know my youngest daughter Mackenzie was born in 1995 okay and two years later I win the world championship and then in 99 um Chopper Miller uh, went to Wyoming and bought some of these Wyoming curs. Okay. And they're the white curs, the Wyoming white curs, the guy. Um, the, the Kemmer cur or whatever they're called. Well, or... it's, you know, it's a cross between a Kemmer and a, and a black mouth. And, you know, there's several curs right. that uh, the guy bred. They look like white labs is what they look like, uh-huh. but we dock their tail. And uh, 
you know, I can I can tell how serious a decoy dogger is if they dock the tails on her, because I, I we literally watched coyotes pin Grab a dog a one day and yeah. kill it by its tail. Yeah, no, that's true. And uh, so most, you know, and not all decoy doggers dock their tails. Right. But uh, the serious guys, the government guys, the guys that I uh, learned from, um, they dock their tails on their their coyote dogs because. That's how, if you've ever seen coyotes fight, if you've ever seen coyotes interact with each other, they tuck their tails up under their chin. They literally tuck it under their whole body and the tip of their tail will come up under their chin. And the reason they do that is because tails are great leverage points. They can, another coyote can grab a hold of that tail. Especially their great big fluffy ones that get a lot of grip on. Yeah, no, they can, they can. And anyway, um, so they got those decoy dogs and we didn't have electronic collars. I mean, the, the only thing we had in 97 was a tape player, a Johnny Stewart tape player sure. to go around and play one to one, uh, 61 coyote locator at night and locate these coyotes. And, and, uh, so chopper Miller would come to my house and wake me up at four 30 in the morning, knocking on my door, grab your stuff, grab your howlers, grab your diaphragms. Uh, he would take me on the roads, the, he would take me on the back roads here in central Utah, drop me off with a hot dog. And he would g- drive a mile down the road and stop and he'd howl and I'd howl back at him and he'd howl and he'd cut his lab and these white mountain curs loose and these camera curs and the other curs he had and they would run to me. And when they got there to me, I'd give them a piece of hot dog. Okay, so that's how you're training them to go out to the howl then. That's how we train them. That's brilliant. The, in the early days, that's how we did it. And, uh, so I can't remember, I mean, this had to be in 99, 98. Um, and I could call better than, you know, we didn't have electric and with my diaphragm and a horn howler, I could howl pretty good. And, and, uh, that's how we did the early on the, the decoy dogs in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands. And that's when I started filming. Um, I started filming for Hunter specialties. And I actually put my daughter when she was eight, nine, or ten on video. We went dogging right here in central Utah and killed a few. And so I've been dogging a long time. And uh, and uh, Keith West, he he does it professionally for the government down there in uh, Enterprise, Utah. Okay. And most of my dogs uh, centered around Keith West, uh, mountain curs. Um, and uh, we just been doing it a long time. So what are you running love- right now for dogs? Um, right now I've got grit. Who's a full white mountain cur sure. and, uh, two of her daughters, um, Ari and, and little bit, little bits, uh, grits, 13, 12 or 13 now. Um, little bit is eight. Ari's four. They're all coming nine and five, the pups. And then Teddy is a half jag terrier half red cur and where'd you get that that dog out of he come out he was out of a government trapper out of milford utah okay he had, he had a female black jag terrier that he bred his big red cur to and those pups are special that, oh, yeah. that teddy his sister um and he you know he he liked that jag in them for their aggressiveness and he ran the bears and the cats and anyway so they're pretty good bear, pretty good cat dogs, and as well as uh, they they hate coyotes, and they're just and that jag's a little too hot, 
you got to be careful with how much Jack Terrier you put in a dog because <laughs> they can be a little bit, uh, you know, they bred the Jack Terrier in, in uh, Germany to go in the holes after badgers. badgers so yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're not too afraid to, to go deep and, and, and get right. And the more they get chewed on it, the more, t- like I told you when we talked yesterday for a minute, uh, Teddy got bit this weekend pretty good on a couple wounded coyotes and man the more they bite on him the more i think he loves it but uh well and i've always said yeah i think you're right with the jags that you know you can't really a lot of different types of terriers if you have too much terrier in them they have more grit than they have brains Uh, yeah no and that's that can be a problem you do and and you know it's just everybody has a preference i think as to number one you become a decoy a dogger when when you acquire a decoy dog right and then what makes a good decoy dog and a lot of guys like to use the the cow dogs they'll 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 use the uh different breeds of cow dogs yep. i call them yep. from the collies to the kelpies um, to the healers to the yeah, yeah no he and and i and there's nothing wrong with that they're all great dogs and they're, most of those dogs tend to be intelligent. The problem is they were bred for one thing through generations, generation after generation. They were built to work cattle. <laughs> and, and that's just, they always, they will never lose those tendencies, right. those, the cattle working tendencies. Not that a cur, not that a blackmouth cur wouldn't work a cow right. good, you know, because they will. Oh, mine, mine wants to be using... a cow dog, but I just can't let them otherwise. No, it. no, you, you, that's why. And and then, so then you get these other guys that are breeding in the speed. They want some of these. Uh, Stags and greyhounds yep. and whippets. You know, and, and it, it really doesn't matter what breed you decide on for a decoy dog. I just, I tend to be these traditional the, I tend to lean towards this traditional um, decoy dog that was bred, fed, and built in Wyoming for decoy dogging. Sure. And it tends to be these white mountain curs. And that's at least that's where I put my money on a decoy dog is, is something that was isolated down from the Blackmouths, from the Kemmers, from the Catahoula. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's a little bit of Catahoula back there because there's some black in, in this line of dogs. I've got a couple black pups out that are just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But I like the white. And if anybody asks me, well, what's the difference between a white decoy dog, a black decoy dog, or a red decoy dog? I'm going to say that a coyote can see the white decoy dog way better than they can see the black or the brown at okay. distance. And I've noticed when coyotes come into my two dogs, Grit and Ted, they always pick on Grit first. Really? Because they can see the white. Yeah. And then some of these guys that use the Catahoulas out of Oregon and some of those, they're just ugly dogs. But I just, I honestly, if I was going to point somebody in a direction, I've always leaned to the white. But then I've noticed that it really doesn't matter. Once the coyotes engage, once the coyotes realize there's a dog in there, it doesn't matter what color the dog is. Not only that, the, but it doesn't matter what else is going around, going on around no. them. <laughs> no, once, and and that's what people, uh, you know, anybody listening to this podcast is probably looking for information. The reason a coyote doesn't, or the reason decoy dogs work in the first place is coyotes will not tolerate a domestic dog anywhere near their pups. Right. And so if, uh, if most pups are, 
most most coyotes breed February, around February 15th. Right. It's a 62-day gestation period, just like a dog. Right. And then they have their pups the last week of April, first week of May. Now, they can breed in January. I've seen them breed as in late December. And so you just count 62 days, you're going to have pups in the dirt. Yep. First 15 days, those pups are in the in the, in the the den. Um, it's the only time coyotes really use a den yep. is during denning season. And then the next 15 days, those pups will poke around the mouth of the den. The next 30 days, they're within 50 yards of the den. By 90 days, the pups are going for water on their own. They're getting into trouble. And that's why the decoy dogging really works is because those pups are out getting into trouble. And these this male and female coyote will defend their pups to the death if they have to uh, against any and all intruders. And that's why decoy dogging works so good in May, end of May, 1st of June, July, August, till about August 15th. Um, it seems like August 15th, I've dogged into September before, but for the most part in the Intermountain West here in Utah and Idaho, let's just say, cause you're an Idaho boy. I'm a Utah boy. Sure. Um, it really doesn't kick in. I've, I can get some alligators after May 15th, right? So May 30th, I'll find some hot. Uh, and I think those are the coyotes that bred early and those pups are a little older in those dens that these male and female get hot. But it really doesn't pick up. It just gets better. All of June just gets better. All of July gets better. And that first week of August is my favorite because the pups are three-quarter grown by the first week of August. And they're part of – and I call it the family special when you get seven pups, two adults, and right. and you've got nine coyotes trying to eat your dogs. It's yeah. about the funnest thing you can watch. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, people just don't know until you've actually seen that action what – how no, awesome no, it is. It, it's a Chinese fire drill on steroids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's hard to describe, but – the reactions a few years ago, um, we, Fox Pro uses a picture of this coyote. There's a uh, CS24 in a bush, okay. and there's a male coyote, and he is just screaming five feet away from this X, uh, CS24 that's in this bush in Kansas. And what that was is we sat down, howled, just lone howls, and it sounded like 10 or 12 coyotes answered us. Yeah. Well, Teddy heard them and took off, and they weren't very far away, 300 yards max. And my red uh, half jag, half cur took off, and all of a sudden you see five or six coyotes tackle this dog. And mm -hmm. each coyote seemed to have a leg, and he, one coyote had his throat and one had his tail. And, and I looked at Jeff Ryder, who I was with in Kansas, I said, are they killing that dog? And he says, I think so, because Teddy was just a yowling. And then Teddy got free of all those coyotes and yes. come running. I was getting ready to shoot in the air is what I was doing until yeah. I saw Teddy was running free. And the only thing that I think saved his life is I had three collars on him. Okay. I had a tracking collar, his regular collar, and a shock collar. So they couldn't get to his neck. They couldn't get him throated. They yeah. couldn't. Uh, and that's what they usually, when they kill a dog, that's the one will grab a tail, some will grab the legs, and then one will go for the throat. Yep. And that's how they'll kill a dog if they've ever killed a dog right. or each other. And that's why they tuck their tails when coyotes meet. I don't know if anybody, you know, but anyway, uh, here come Teddy and this big male and Teddy come right between my legs, turned around and was barking at this coyote. And this coyote was screaming at us at 10 yards. Yeah. 
just and in people don't understand these wily animals that you can call they'll see you at 150 yards turn and leave on a dime yeah. i think you can stand up do a full jumping jack when they're engaged with the dogs and they don't care yep. they really don't care that human being is there yep. when they want to kill that dog or they want that dog away from their pups in the spring you can get away with murder literally yep. and it's just so exciting the reactions the vocalizations and it is hard to explain to people how awesome uh, the reactions are to domestic dogs in their core home area when they have pups. Yep. And uh, it, the game has changed through the years as more sounds become available. Uh, we teamed up with MFK Game Calls, and uh, those sounds, I mean, I was, I was, I've killed coyotes year-round for the last 10 years. And I didn't think there was any sounds the Fox Pro Library was missing. <laughs> but now that we've teamed up with MFK and I've actually got a season and season and a half under my belt with these MFK sounds, some of these sounds Tori's collected, um, I am stunned. And I really, I freak everybody out home when I uh, tell them about, uh, I'm doing the same sequence year round, 24 seven, 365. Really? I'm playing the exact same sequence at night, during the day. I don't care whether it's December or April. I start out with two lone howls, C5 young coyote howl and little B whimper pup howl. Okay. And I just, I let those guys howl and I'll sit for two or three minutes in silence after I let those two answer each other. Uh -huh. And I don't know what those howls represent so much. I mean, we, we pretend to speak coyote, but none right. of us do. They could be and telling just, each other to piss off, or they could be saying, hello, buddy. Yeah, we no, and I, what they are is two pup coyotes, uh -huh. that they're real coyotes howling, and they're non-aggressive. They're right. just, is anybody out there? And that little bee whimper kind of has a waver in her voice, and I think she's saying, I'm lonely, or, you know, I yeah. mean, and coyotes are so territorial that they don't want other coyotes. The reason they kick their pups out, they, they will devote their lives to you know, you can base the whole year of calling around one event, and that's the breeding in February. Now, it can be, late, like we said, late January, even December, or it can be into March. And I, I noticed up here in Idaho and some of this country, I really think they still have pups in the den. So I think they bred into March sure. in some of this country. And Because I killed a female yesterday that uh, she hadn't had pups very long. Oh. And she might have just been a late taker. I don't know. Yeah. But her pups were still in the den, and 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 she came hard to a two week uh, little bee, little bee two week. And I just know she thought we had one of her little pups. Well, and that's another thing that's so great about those MFK sounds is Tori has recorded different stages of life out of those pups. First too. week, two week, four week, six yeah. week, eight week, sixteen week, and then the fights. Yeah. And so. So that let's back up. I start out with the two lone howls. I did it all this weekend. And then if it's October, November, December, and, and mom and dad kick those pups out, why does mom and dad kick the pups out in the fall of the year? It's because they're basically just teenagers. They've only lived with them for 100 days, 120 days at most. Eating too much out of the fridge. And, yeah, they kick them out. And the reason they kick those pups out, I think, and what an old trapper told me, uh, Roland Hansen uh, did nothing but kill coyotes here in central Utah for sheep men his entire existence. Okay. His grandpa was a trapper. His dad was a trapper. 
Roland was a trapper and he was 88 years old when I started talking to him and he was fascinated that I made a living filming coyotes. And, and he told me a bunch of stories about uh, different things. And it's just fascinating to me how coyotes are so devoted to their pups while they're raising them. And then somewhere around that September, October, they completely cut all ties. They, they chew on them. They, they bite them and they want them to leave except for maybe if they keep a helper. Sometimes they'll let a young female hang out with them and uh, they'll keep that young female. So then there's three coyotes that those are the alligators. Those are the teams that they won't tolerate a domestic dog anywhere near pups. Right. And, uh, and a lot of times it's the two females that are most aggressive <laughs> of, the, of the three. But uh, um, it's that cycle. They kick those pups out. They don't want those pups eating food that they're going to need for next year's crop of pups yeah. and so that dominant pair those pups just bounce around in october november december january those pups are just bouncing from dominant pair to dominant pair sure. it's like a pin a pinball machine sure. they just bounce around looking for a place to make a living they want they got to eat and, and they're a little young i don't know if they breed that that very next year at a year and a half um but they can they are sexually mature right and and they can pick mates but they usually hang out for a year together some of those pups and then they'll disperse with other coyotes that they meet along the way and and things happen parvo distemper uh, roads <laughs> hunters right. i mean we're all trimming from the moment those coyotes are born they start dying right and uh this time of year i go straight into the pup you know got milk uh pup, canine pups too then i go to uh the little broke bee or the broke pups and then I go into the pup fights, little B stanky fight, little B bam fights. Yeah. Um, I'll play some of those. I'll do pups three one four from the 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 Fox Pro Library, and then then I always finish with Pound Town and uh, pup distress three, pup distress three, and and pup screams. And in the fall of the year, I'll do the two howls, but then I'll go into the rabbit. October, November, December, I'll play the rabbit right. for ten minutes, and then I go into the pup fights and the pup screams and the. Yeah, and I've you had know, guys say, why are you howling during winter? And I, I tell them, look, if you use a super submissive sound, you know, a, yeah. a pup no, a pup howl or something them. like that, yeah, they're thinking, oh, there's a dead rabbit yep. over there, and there's yep. a little no, dude that I can them. run off. So decoy dogging is just a completely different angle, and it really opened up my eyes. I, I met a guy, Justin Amott, uh, 10 years ago at an elk calling contest, and he said, why don't you come hunt coyotes with me in July in Oregon? I said, why in the hell would I hunt coyotes in July? It's hot. <laughs> it, it's hot. It's miserable. It's, and he said, because in the high country in Oregon where I hunt, it's cool. Right. It's awesome. And you'll get callings you've never got. And I said, well, I decoy dog. He says, I've never used dogs ever. Yeah. And I love July and August calling. Yeah. And so I went with him. I didn't take my dogs. I just went, took my daughter and my wife. We just actually went for kind of a mini vacation up there to meet him, him and his wife. And they had a nice elk hunting camp that they ran on this place. And it was loaded with coyotes. And I think we called in 23 coyotes in three days. Wow. Only killed a handful of them because the girls were on the guns. And they didn't have a lot of coyote killing experience. But it was a fun week, fun three days, four days of coyote calling. And I realized this summer stuff outside of dogging you don't need dogs to do good summer calling but i took my dogs up there the next few years and we had some we made some amazing video and just had some amazing fun watching these coyotes try to work on these decoy dogs and it's just 
the combination of the pups, the decoy dogs gets the reactions and stuff. And, and it really is, if you're looking to get into decoy dogging, um, it's just a lot of fun and it takes training decoy dogs is a challenge. Um, there's, there's some tricks to it and, and, uh, so, so give us some of those tricks because on our, I don't know if you're a part of our Facebook group, um, decoy doggers, but the most asked questions are how do you train a decoy dog and what do you look for when picking a pup? So maybe you could touch on those two things for me. a little. Well, (laughs) there's no secrets in there really. I mean, as far as that goes, uh, you have to (laughs) see, and then (laughs) There, let's. If you really want to get into decoy dogging, there's different theories of operation. Right. Um, some guys do not let their decoy dogs range. Some guys insist that their dogs sit right next to them, and they insist that dog wait until they call the coyote in. Yep. Him and the the dog see the coyote at the same time, and then they will let their dogs interact right. with that coyote. I was not born of that school. I I have been to Kansas with some guys that uh, that is the only school they adhere to. Right. But that's funny you say that because the video you told me to go watch, which I had actually seen before. Um, right. You're holding grit while those coyotes are howling, and then you release her. And right. I, <laughs> so and and that's you know that was because uh, we had been that week before. Every time a coyote howled at me. She had already taken off and, and she can take off in uh, 180 degrees from where I want her to. So I was trying to show her that if she would hang out with me until I was done howling, (laughs) she would know where those coyotes were. And she actually now sits by me until I give her the, um, release. And so I, I love, and, and grit is my ranger. Uh And I have three witnesses to the day she went 1.8 miles. I couldn't even hear the coyote howling. Oh, really? I just, she was sitting there next to me and she cocks her head. And I go, do you hear him? Go get him. And she took off. And she went 1.8 miles on the GPS. Wow. Now I've put this when I, when I have, I've had two litters of pups out of her and I put it on Facebook that she went 1.8 miles and brought a pair of coyotes back to us. Right. And we shot them at 25 yards with Chris Lilly down in New Mexico and another grit's gone 1.8 miles, 1.3, 1.4 all the time. And she'll bring coyotes right back to us. Mm-hmm. And now she listens in that video, that video's, I can't remember how many years old. Yeah, that it's video old. Is. It's like five or six years old, maybe four years old, but it's older than that. I think is it? Um, it might be. Yeah. It's more like eight. Cause like I said, as soon as I pulled it up, I thought, Oh yeah, I know this video. This is where the, mm-hmm. the little girl misses and the guy, yep. the, the kid, yeah, and that kid 14 year old got his first coyote. Top. Yeah. That was a, yeah. Was... Tanner Stokes got his first coyote yeah. and Cheyenne, I uh, should have let her shoot when she said, I've got two in the scope. I shouldn't <laughs> let her shoot. So I, they were only 65, 70 yards right there. Well, see, and that's, that's another thing too. Did, when you first started decoying, did you have to learn patience not to shoot too quick? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I still, I mean, if you see the video we made this weekend, I want the, I want the, if you own a decoy dog, the ultimate is to let that coyote and dog interact yep. and that dog to uh, chase the coyote and the coyote to chase the dog back. Yep. The problem, and I don't think a lot of guys understand this is the, uh, sometimes the dog chases the coyote and the coyote never comes back. <laughs> and, well, and, and, and that just happens, happens, happens all the time. Yep, exactly. And so 
and that's all training and that's all and i think that's some of those guys that insist that the dogs stay next to them the entire time i think they have seen a lot of rejection from coyotes i think they're dogs and they tend to be (laughs) the guys that adhere to that school of thought tend to run the bigger dogs the bigger curs the bigger the bigger catahoulas the bigger um yeah, ninety pound uh, dog. Black mouths. If your dog and and now we can all have our own biases, can't we? Yeah, can oh, I be biased on this and tell you what I think is 100%. perfect? I think a thirty five pound dog is perfect. Ah, oh, see, that's too small for me. I'll argue with you there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want nope. them to be about sixties to seventy pounds, just so they can it's... handle themselves when those four coyotes jump them. Right. Now I understand what you're saying. And and I and I I love that you want a dog that can handle himself by himself, but Grit's thirty six pounds, right? And I've yet to, I mean, she had three of them one day, took her down. Yeah. That was the first time I never thought a coyote would ever catch her. Yeah. But as she got older, these th- we were down here in Central Utah. I was hunting with Jason Adamson. He's got one of my pups that is just a rock star. He's yeah. he sells a few pups every now and again. Um. Gritta was running across this wide open field and these three coyotes had come into a berm. And I said, where did those coyotes go? And, and Jason, I, I don't know. Cause they never showed up, but I never saw them disappear out of this field. But there was one little hill I couldn't see. And when Gritta got to the top of that hill, all three coyotes jumped her. Yeah. And I mean, one had her tail, one had her throat, one had a leg and they, they pulled her down and, uh, they actually broke the one coyote, broke her little stubby tail. Oh, really? And I shot all three of those coyotes before they got out of that field. Yeah. <laughs> with a with an RPR bolt. And Jason Adamson can can tell you about that day. And it changed. And But that's the only time that I, I didn't think a 36-pound dog could be overtaken by coyotes. But right. I saw it. Right. So um, you, you saying that you'd argue with me is a valid point because – I don't know those same three. I know they had killed a dog before. Yeah. The way they precision maneuvered that that per, that dog of mine. I think that you need a tough dog. Right. That if you run them by themselves, and it was crazy because we had two other decoy dogs on that stand, and they were hundreds of yards away from Grita when that situation happened. Really. And the only thing that saved her is the one coyote that had her by the tail. Um, I just shot that sucker square in the guts to yeah. keep her, and the angle was right because it wasn't pointed towards the dog. So freed up one of her points to be able to. <laughs> yeah, and when I shot, they all took off. Yeah. Well, she immediately Grita was up, and after the one that had her by the throat, and the other one that had her by a leg or whatever, he was going hard right. I shot him running. Yeah. Or I think it was two females and a male. Yeah. And uh, Grita dogged that big male that had her by the throat. Um, dogged her right back into 100 yards, and I shot him. Nice. And so we got all three of them. But that 35-pound dog, I think, can run all day. They, they tend to stay in better shape. And I just think you'll get more stands out of a smaller dog and day in, day out. I will agree with you there. Because <laughs> 100%. Because, we, you know, we used to see it in cattle dogs all the time. If you had too big of a dog... Man, by yep. ten o'clock, they're they're not wanting to go no, chase and another see, bull I, out of the. The brush. lab guys will hate me. I like to run that third, that forty pound lab. Yeah. That my, I've got a little yellow lab here. 
she'll hunt pheasants and I'll go out with those 70, 80, 100 pound labs. She can run circles around them yeah. at noon. Yeah. Those dogs are done. Yeah. And they can't hardly jump back in the truck when they truck, get back. No. Nope. Yeah. So I've just always been a more athletic dog guy. Yeah. And now Teddy only weighs 28 pounds right. and I run his daughter little bits, only 24 pounds. Okay. And I worry about her. Yeah. I do. I worry about that 24 pound dog. Well, and there's but some guys running, these guys they're running, running straight jags. And I just always yeah. think, good no, night, no I've seen pound dog. I, I ran into a government trapper. He was down here running jags and, and, uh, he watched a big male coyote pick his best jag up and just carry him off. Oh. And no, he missed smooth misty three times oh, yeah. and with his dog in his mouth. Well, and, uh, and, and like I said, I don't want a dog. I mean, 75 is getting on the very top end of my range. My rip dog right now, if he's 50 wet, you know, that's, he's barely. And that's, and that, you know, but what I have noticed when I run and I've run decoy, I've done this across, you know, I've done it with guys in Kansas. I've done it with guys in Oklahoma. Um, they all run a variety of dogs yeah. and the guys in Oklahoma tend to run those smaller. They, they're, they've got bigger coyotes. They're, they're average coyote. The average male in Oklahoma, I'm guessing is 40 pounds. Well, and even, even those guys that, that, that are running down there in like Oklahoma, Texas, whatever, their litter mates might be running hogs. So that te- right. tells you, you know, a 40, yeah. 45 pound dog can do anything yep. from a 32 pound coyote to a, you know, but uh, 80 I hunted with a guy in Oklahoma that's done it as long as anybody, and he tends to run those 25 uh, to 30-pound dogs, yeah. and even smaller. Yeah. And he noticed in Oklahoma that the smaller the dog he can get away with, the less intimidation. Because okay. when you run a 50-pound, and when those coyotes belly up to a 50-pound dog, they know immediately They're out they are 20 pounds undersized. Yep. And they don't tend to fight with them as much. Now, if it's in their core area, if you are in the den, they will take on a. Uh, They'll take on a mountain lion if they. They will. Yeah. They will. They will take any anything on, and so that's why these guys that tend to run the bigger dog. Well, I don't have any problems with that. And then, well, the time you do get the good footage is when they are. You are in their core den. Because yeah. when you are not, when you are on the fringe, when you're trying to get them a mile away from their den, right. they will not follow a dog they are intimidated by. I have seen it a hundred thousand times. Yeah. But if they think they can kill that dog, if they think they actually stand a chance of putting that dog on the ground and feeding their pups with that dog, they will stay with that dog. Yeah. And so That's that wild. is why Al Morris... Tends big, to big run Al a dog. Mor- big Al Morris likes a little dog. <laughs> Tends to run a dog that is on the smaller side. Sure. That 30 pound, 35 pound is as big as I want to go. And uh, that's just a personal thing that I have noticed since the late, you know, Chopper and them started running them dogs in the mid 90s. And then when I started training them in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I've been doing it quite a while, as long as most people I know. And, uh, I tend to like that 30, 35 pound dog and, uh, anything less. I, I really, I know that if a little bit gets pinned by them three coyotes, she's probably not going to make it, you know, or she's going to be really, really hurt from the experience. If the other dogs aren't close and that's, I mean, and Greta has saved Teddy hundreds of times because that little red dog, he don't care. Yeah. 
he doesn't need us. He Teddy doesn't need me. He thinks he can kill him by himself. But now that he's 14, um, he actually is, spends more time with me on a stand than he used to do now that he used to range. Yeah. And so I love it that I've got dogs that will range out to a mile, but yet I have a dog that'll stay right with me the entire time. If you were going to run one dog, which type do you prefer? The, the dog that ranges the, or the one that scans, sit us up and scans? I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky because you got one of each. <laughs> uh, the combination that I've got now, I've over the last 10 years, I've got a dog that ranges and a dog that stays home. Yep. And see, so I, I've got the best of both worlds. I agree. All, I don't ever stand. I agree. And I told you yesterday that, you know, I had to put my old female down. The older yeah, she got, sad. she was that same way. She just, she figured out after about two or three years old that yep. I've got the best vantage point, And she would always sit right on my right side and just sit yep. there and scan with me. And but she knows I, that she stays. Yeah. Because I've got wind. I've got visibility. Yep. I've got, you know, but then I well, had other and, dogs. That and were they out. figure out that if they stay with you. They know a coyote's going to show up, and they're going to get to play the game yep, for you. Exactly, and they want to please you. But it, so, but it's like I tell everybody, you know, don't try to make a dog what he's not. Don't try to force him to sit there. Don't try to force exactly. him to range. Just go let a dog be no, a dog. Whatever if they range, let them range. If yep. they stay, let them stay. Because don't, both and, both types of dogs are going to work. They're just and they're work both beneficial in their own right yep. because. What I through the years by I, I tout and and these guys that have a dog that stays next to them, they always say, "Well, your dog's what is he? Eight hundred yards away, and look at these pair coming in, and we got no dogs in front of us. Yeah. And this pair comes in, smells us, leaves, yep. and then the then the dogs come back five minutes later, yep. and they smell the coyotes, but the coyotes are gone. That's right. You know, and it was a busted is a busted stand because we didn't have a dog yep. that was there. Yep. And so over the years, I have developed a team of dogs. When I when I take Grit, I take her with her daughter a little bit. Little bit is the smaller of the two, and she stays next to me. She knows she's safe. Right. And literally, she'll range out to three, four hundred yards, but she knows she can get to me before a coyote's going to eat her. Right. And every time a coyote's on her ass, she runs right between my legs, <laughs> and it's awesome. And because the coyote's uh, usually three feet behind her. <laughs> yep. And now that Teddy's getting older, he doesn't range as much. And Ari, the, the youngest of the dogs I have, she's just like her mama grit. She will range hundreds of yards out to six, seven, eight hundred yards. Yeah. But Teddy's always right there. All I got to do is whistle at him now. He's been torched so many thousands of times that and he's getting old. He's slowing down right. and it's not a bad thing. But it's fun to have a 14 year old dog that's been on as many coyotes as Teddy has because yeah. he just it's old hat to him. And uh so you quit and running dogs when August, September, or August fifteenth, as soon as the okay. bow hunt starts. Okay. Um, all my high country, all these big high meadows and stuff that I kill coyotes in, all of July and the first two weeks of August, people come scouting. But I like to hunt during the week. Yeah. Uh, the weekends tend to be busy with people scouting for their archery tags and and whatnot. So I hunt Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, are my four biggest days that I hunt. Uh, with the decoy dogs in utah and then by august 15th when that bow hunt starts um everything there's just people everywhere yeah have you ever had yeah. somebody uh shoot at your dogs or attempt no no i've been real fortunate but i'm real uh, i just won't put my dogs in an iffy situation yeah. if i can't I, and, and lord knows we can't control all the factors out there right but uh typically um, and that's why I put 
collars on them. That's why they all have, yeah. um, you know, Teddy's got a green camo color on him, but grit. Um, my females tend to run, I run orange collars on them and I run uh, the biggest, you know, the garments on the tracking. I won't, and that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I won't turn a dog loose that doesn't have a tracking collar on it. Yeah. And I see these posts where these guys, yeah, I lost and lost my dog, hoping I can go find him tonight. Most of those guys are hound guys, though, aren't they? Or are you? Well, no. Some of these guys are running decoy dogs, and they're they're crazy enough to put on their personal page that they, and they're like, "Well, I've never had to run them with a collar before, so why would I? You know, I'm like, why would you turn a dog loose? And I, uh, uh, like last year, Rusty sold a Rusty Gamble sold a decoy dog to a guy, and the first time he took her out, she Uh never came back. She didn't know him, you know. He expected Rusty had sent video of a hundred times that dog goes out, chews on coyotes, and comes back to Rusty. Right. But the guy buys him, takes him to a mountain, turns her loose, and calls Rusty and says this dog didn't come back. Oh, <laughs> Rusty says, "Well, you should have spent a couple. You know, I probably wouldn't have taken her straight to the mountain. I probably would have spent a week or two trying to get to know her and yep. get her to trust you. And and you've got to develop. That's the you know, it's hard for, you know, we need to do a one on one." decoy dog when you buy a decoy dog spend you know take that dog for a hundred walks yeah you know teach that dog to sit to come to stay you know on a lead yeah and that dog has to develop a trust yeah and i don't think people understand the bond a decoy dog a true decoy dogger develops with their dogs well and i i've always said that the you know what the dog the coyotes obviously territorial of his area right well, yep. that, your dog is just territorial of you. All yes. it's doing is 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 trying to keep that coyote away from you until they learn the game of the cat right. and mouse to bring him in, right? But right. initially, it's just a territorial thing, which means you have to have a connection with that dog. You yep. can't go down to the pound and tomorrow uh, go take that dog out and expect a decoy. Uh, not he's not chance. territorial of you. He's not that bonded to you. That dog doesn't know you. Yep, exactly. Doesn't know anything about Doesn't even know really how you smell. Yep. And uh, so it's, you know, it's buyer, you, you have to develop, and, and it, that takes, it literally takes years yep. to to get those dogs to trust you. Yep. Now, how do you train a decoy dog? Well, with the advent of Fox Pro, when you actually have a collar that you can put four or 500 yards away that will turn on and off, volume up and down, there isn't a lot of electronic collars on the market that will do that at right. that distance. I've actually got 800 yards one day wow. and it was, I put it on a huge rock 10 feet in the air and I got clear up the head of this Canyon and I could get it to uh, mute on and mute off. And so I was, I got the dogs all the way up there and I turned that howler on. Now, <clears throat> if everybody wants Al Morris's secret to how to develop a great decoy <laughs> dog, and I've actually had other decoy dog guys tell me, you're, you're not training them right. I don't care. I'll put my dogs against anybody's. I put, I catch a lot of raccoons every year. I'll catch 20 raccoons a year. Okay. I live on a creek, yeah. a little spring creek, and I can catch 20, 25 coons in a year. Sure. And I catch them in a live, you know, foothold. Sure. And I'll put them in a roll cage. And I put that roll cage every time I am calling to train my dogs i put that roll cage at the base of wherever that fox pro is okay 
So they know so there's will, something at the base of it. I will play different howls. I want my dogs to run to the howl. Yeah. When they get there, they find a raccoon. And they can, all of a sudden, this raccoon's in the cage going, <laughs> and and I let them roll it around for a minute, and then I'll shake that coon out of that cage. And the fight is on. Right. And that is how I know the guys I roll with, the guys that I truly believe are the best decoy doggers on the planet. That's how they get pups to fire. And if somebody's never seen a pup that's timid, these these curves that I roll with are the friendly. You can let your grandchildren cuddle with these dogs, yeah. and they love they love affection. But when they fire on a raccoon, when they fire on a coyote, when they fire on a bear or a lion, something deep inside that dog, and I think it's just thousands of years of breeding, right. tells them this is where they this they figure out why they were put on this earth. Right. And when you can develop a pup from a pup that doesn't understand why it's here on this earth, they're just happy-go-lucky, loving you, but they've never really shown any of that fire. When you can take a pup and let her trail some advanced dogs, and then they, she sees this raccoon that's snarling at her, and then you shake that coon out, and they start stretching that coon and biting that coon's biting them back, and I'll actually take dikes and I'll cut the teeth, all the canine teeth on a coon. I won't, I won't leave the, uh, I'll make that coon. So he still has a bite, right? but he's not going to put eyes out yeah, and he's sure. not going to, we got so lucky a couple times that we didn't dike those canines. And then a quarter inch from the eye is this huge deep hole. <laughs> yeah. Cause coons are fighters, man. They're, oh, they are especially fighters. the, there's big males. I've, I've literally seen a half dozen coons in my life. They just sit on their butt and bring it yeah. and they can take it. They can take those. But uh, most of the time my dogs kill that raccoon, but they know when they hear a howl, if they'll go to it, there's something fun going to transpire. There's a reward. And yeah. If you think about it, when I was doing it in the late nineties with a hot I was dog, say, that's an, yeah, that's just a one of our best dog. dogs was a lab <laughs> yeah. and he went to a house strictly to get the hot dog. Yeah. He was food oriented. <laughs> And then when he got there, the coyotes were trying to chew on him. He'd run right back to Chopper yeah. and Chopper shoot the coyote. <laughs> That's funny. And, yeah, so it, training can be as simple as you make it or as advanced. And uh, if you will train those dogs to go to a howl or at least go investigate the howls, you will kill more coyotes during decoy dogging season than if you just train a dog to sit next to you. Right. There ain't nothing wrong with training a dog to sit next to you. Nothing. I, I, I believe that firmly that that's a whole nother a school of thought. But I want a decoy dog that can range. And if you really look at the rangers, if you look at the dogs, um, one of the best decoy dogs I ever saw was half uh, Catahoula. And he was half, uh, oh, name some cow dog. Not Collie, but. Uh, Australian Shepherd. Kelpie. Nope. Nope. Healer healer it was a half uh, yellow healer and every time a coyote every time this dog would see a coyote before the coyote saw the dog the dog would crouch down like it was hiding really? from a cow yeah that is such a healer yeah no it's a healer maneuver and there's nothing wrong with that yeah. she was an amazing decoy dog yeah. and got sold for a lot of money but you couldn't get that healer instinct to crouch from the coyotes <laughs> 
if she saw the coyote first, she would crouch and hide from him and wait for them to get really close before she would run and try and heal him. That's funny. And, uh, but she was a great dog, but, uh, she was side on, she side hunted only. If a coyote was howling at 300 yards, she didn't, didn't care. Would not go to that coyote. She would only stay in the open where she could see. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I would rather have a dog that if a coyote's howling at two, 300 yards, go get that some bitch and bring him back. Right. And, uh, so, the, but uh, the Intermountain West is completely different than Kansas or Oklahoma. And, and, uh, I'm sure it'd be different in Missouri, Texas. I mean, the, just the terrain is different. Right. And, and I tend to hunt. I don't mind some heavy cover. We were in some pretty heavy sage yesterday. But uh, for the most part, I'm hunting edges of sagebrush. I'm hunting the edges of the thick cedars. I want to be on the fringe. Uh, Most animals live in that fringe. They don't live in just one terrain. They'll be on the fringe. And if you can find that perfect terrain that's got some trees, got some brush, but yet has the openings. um, I really, I kill a lot of coyotes up Spanish Fork Canyon uh, with my dogs. And the biggest problem I have up there is the uh, oak brush. Oh, yeah. Those dogs and coyotes will get fighting in the oak brush, and you can't see them. They can be 50 yards away from you, and there's no way in hell you're going to get a shot through that oak brush. It's so thick. So I only hunt – I've learned through the years to hunt the areas that I can get the dogs to bring them out into openings where I can get a crack at them. And uh, when I whistle, Ted and Grit usually come right back to me. They come to heal. And uh, they're not perfect. At the end of the day, everybody's got to remember they're just damn dogs. But the more you can spend time with them, the more you can train them to um, uh, entice the coyotes as they learn the little tricks. I mean, if you watch that video of Grit, she's got that pair following her. She turns and faces them, barks at them, and then keeps coming. They they just got a little too close, so she wheeled on them. Yeah, and then uh, and then when and she then Teddy shows she up and he doesn't need any help. He yeah. thinks he can kill him by himself. That's right. And that's the Jag Terrier in him. And after 14 years, I finally got him a little wean to that. Yeah. But I wouldn't trade him for the world. He's he's an amazing dog, and that's just it. When you get one of these dogs, the first thing I tell a guy to do is bond with it. The next thing I do before I ever take it out coyote hunting is I would take it to, uh, I would take it 300 yards. I would set a fox pro up. I would give it a reward of some kind if it runs to that call. Right. And if you do that a couple hundred times, if you do it just 20 times in the next three or four weeks, and that dog always runs to the caller, I, I trained, I taught some guys, they bought a couple males from me and they, they took these males and those males, they never put any coyotes on them. They just kept them training. Well, after a while, they would run up and just bite the caller. Really? Because that's all they knew. That's all they'd ever experienced. Those guys never put them on coyotes. And uh, then they're like, how do you fix these? (laughs) Well, first and foremost, you need to put coyotes in front of them. Not just take them training, but actually go call some coyotes in for them. And And, uh, and I'll be honest with you. That's probably one of the best tips I've heard in a long time of of how to train a dog, especially for ranging out and and going to a howl. Nope. Uh, it's not well known and uh it's just something we've always done as a group it's not it's frowned upon don't video it don't give Peter any ammunition to use against us they they frown on it It, it's just it's the way they train hounds if you want a hound to trail a bear you know they'll use raccoons in the same 
mana yeah. um, for the hounds. But you know, I, I sent a I sent a female up to Montana. He wanted a you know they like those uh, jag terrier curs. They're a little meaner than a hound, and they like them for the cats and the right. bears. They want a dog that'll run up and maybe bite on them, you know, and put some pressure on those animals. And he, this guy had a goal of taking one of my females and uh, breeding it with his best hound. And anyway, his best hound died, and he never got any pups out of it. But he asked me to come get the dog. And I'm like, why? He said, I've had her for three years. She sleeps under my bed every night or on my bed if I let her. And he said, I want you to come get her. And I go, why? Because every time they run across a coyote, she'll quit trailing the, the mountain lion <laughs> and she'll go chase the coyote. And the coyote always, and, and now the hounds think that's as much fun as the lions. Yeah. <laughs> and so he said, I've got to, I've got to send her. And I, I was just going to shoot her, but I know you love her. And, yeah. and I, I've rehomed her and she, she's an amazing dog, yeah. but she's just coyote oriented. And it's what she was born and bred to do. Yeah. And so that's why you want to find a line of dogs that is proven performance on coyotes. Um, I think you can take a black mouth cur that's been chasing squirrels and probably make it a decoy dog. Yep. If you employed some of the techniques of training that I do, but at the end of the day, I would rather buy a cur, a Kimmer cur, a white mountain cur, a, a cross black mouth cur, uh, got some jag in it, whatever that, uh, has a proven hatred for coyotes. Right. And that's what because, I tell guys all the time is, look, you could go to the pound, you could go for, to a backyard breeder, whatever. You could take your, your yep. pet out, and, and to some degree, it's going to be a, a, a decoy. A coyote, a, the right coyote's going to decoy no matter what. But yep. if, you, if you, you know, get traits that, um, that are bred into them, you're just yep. going to be so much further ahead. Uh, and those curs, the lighter colored curs, I think the coyotes see better, but it doesn't matter what color. I've seen black work just as good as the white dog. Yeah. I, I've had the black and white dog side by side, and the coyotes hate them equally. Right. They really do. And so that isn't as color isn't as important as demeanor and as willingness to go and engage the coyote and be tough enough to survive those few times in their life they are going to get chewed on. Right. And it's simply a matter of time. If you cut a dog loose on some of these coyotes, some of these coyotes have killed dogs, whether they were, you know, neighborhood dogs, whether they were res dogs, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's always wild dogs out and about. And some of those wild dogs learn to live with the coyotes, but right. um, they're tough enough to survive those coyotes. But at the end of the day, if those coyotes have killed a dog, they can be really hard on your dogs. Yeah. And that's why you want to dock their tails. You want to give them, you don't want to give that coyote an advantage over that dog. And if you leave a full tail on a decoy dog, you are just asking for trouble. Now, most of the guys I know that have full tails are the 50, 60, 70 pound dogs that they know can take a coyote. Yeah. And both mine have, so. have tails on them. But I will say that there for a couple of litters, I bred to a uh, Weatherford Ben line black mouth cur just because they had bobtails. So yep. it, was a, it was a natural you know, natural trait yep. out of the no. pups. But. And every now and then, one of my dogs will have a bobtail yeah. in, anyway. in the pups. But well, most of them have tails that we snip off when they're a day old. Yeah. 
Al, I sure appreciate it, man. You've given us a lot of information, a lot of great information. Uh, no, it's as much fun as a guy can have with your pants on is watching these coyotes interact with the dogs. Yeah. There's no secret to the sounds anymore. Just get you a Fox Pro X24 with the MFK sound library. You'll have every sound you need to go out and be productive with your dogs. Train your dogs. The most important thing in training is uh, keep them safe. I only use a collar with an electric shock on it to keep them safe from the roads. From uh, I don't ever use the shock uh, while I'm training, while they are hunting. Right. I won't shock them. The only unless time it was I Teddy. do if they're going after a cow. No, something like that, <laughs> something or, like that. Or yes something. Something you want it to be that. such a negative reaction yep. that they don't want to ever do it again snakes yep. man i will torch them on a rattlesnake yep. i will torch them on a porcupine that's just and teddy i have spent 300 dollars pulling quills out of teddy at a vet in montana because he just will not quit biting them yeah it's so annoying and, because until like, they're dead like you said when it hurts him it just pisses them off more so they yeah just no they going. just want to do it more but yeah. skunks all, all might even add a little electricity to a skunk because i don't want to smell it all the rest yeah. of the day last year they thought i was getting attacked by a uh my dogs were down there fighting with something and i went down there and my buddy said oh, we thought it was a grizzly bear the way you were yelling <laughs> it was just a skunk <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's the most fun you can have. I really appreciate you starting a page and, and starting a podcast, Horn, and uh, doing what you do, man. Well, a Southern Idaho boy. I, Technically, I'm a Southern Idaho boy. Oh, My yeah. parents were born and raised in Jerome, Idaho. Oh, yeah, right across the river from me here. So so uh, that that's technically I am a Southern Idaho right. boy, but I ended up down here in Utah, and I love decoy dogging. And, and anytime you want me on, home, give me Give me a call, and I'm yours. All right, man. I sure appreciate it. Uh, but uh, good luck, and uh, we'll see you down the road. All right, man. Thanks, man. Hey, we'd sure like to thank Al Morris for coming on the podcast today. That was that was great. There's a lot of good information. Some of the most asked questions um, that we get on the Facebook group or I get personally or chats or other guys that I talk to, they get as well. Al had some great answers for it. So, uh Really appreciate his time. But, uh, guys, keep out there. Keep hanging in there. Um, this is a great time to be decoying. So uh, thanks for joining us. See you down the road. Good dogs. <laughs>